Welcome to the Dadvocate podcast, discussing, promoting and supporting all things dad in love, life, parenting, marriage, divorce and everything in between and after. I'm a devoted father and I was married to a narcissist for 10 years. I've spent the last five years fighting against an outdated legal system and an even more outdated social one. My daughters have been used as weapons to emotionally blackmail me, extort money from me and punish me for daring to leave my marriage. I want to support other fathers and parents in my position and promote fathers as being just as important as mothers in a child's life. I want to challenge some of the social norms and stereotypes that lead to experiences like mine and raise awareness about narcissism. So if you feel like you might be in an abusive or narcissistic relationship or feel like you're fighting against the system just to be in your child's lives, then please have a listen to my story. I know how hard and demoralising it can be, but I won my equality as a father and freed myself from a narcissist. And if I can do it, so can you. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Dadvocate, the podcast about parenting, life and divorce and everything in between. I am the podcast producer and for the first episode, we're going to be learning everything about Dadvocate and what this podcast is all about. So first of all, welcome Dadvocate. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you, Molly. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I think the best way of going about this, as this is a brand new podcast, it's quite exciting, is just getting to know you and why you want to do this podcast and what this podcast is all about. First of all, what is Dadvocate and who is it for? So with Dadvocate, I wanted to basically be an advocate for everything dad. Primarily, it's designed to support and promote fathers uh, with and their equal importance to mothers in their children's lives. Um, I wanted to share my experience of divorce as a father, co-parenting, moving on um, and the life after. Generally, I want to promote good parenting in and after divorce and highlight some of the bad behaviour that exists and causes harm to children. After, and then finally, um, after discovering that my ex suffered from narcissistic personality disorder, I couldn't believe that I didn't know what it was until I turned 38. And I can't believe that there isn't more formal education on what is actually a quite a common poisonous and abusive personality disorder. Really, I wanted to draw attention to this kind of poorly understood disorder, um, mm. raise awareness to it, and hope that it becomes less socially acceptable. And ultimately, I, I don't want my daughters to end up in a relationship with one. Of course. So essentially, this podcast is all about promoting positive attitudes in life that often can be really difficult for parents Absolutely. and for children as well. So essentially, the podcast overall is aiming to spread positivity in times when it's needed the most yeah absolutely and I don't I mean it's not just for men there's a lot of my stuff that I think applies equally to women and actually I think ultimately I'm not trying to promote men and fathers over women I'm actually trying to promote good parenting and being a good person in life no matter what your sex is I think I probably just have aimed it at at fathers and dads because I think we are underrepresented and actually have a bit of a raw deal as as, um, in the world uh, the way it is at the moment yeah absolutely well there's inequality and inadequacies in loads of aspects in life but we don't really realize that dads get a a rough deal when it comes to parenting and divorce because laws and social norms are so lenient towards uh, mothers and women yeah i I mean absolutely i I think in this age of equality the inequality in divorce for men and fathers is actually quite striking. I mean, UK law 
uh, on the face of it, is fair and equal. But actually, I think when, when you get into divorce, some women um, who normally sort of might proudly proclaim themselves as being strong, independent women prefer to take up the kind of pretense of being a bit of a 1950s housewife in order to get more. And it, society kind of supports that. And there's a bigger injustice, really, that seems to lie within society and not actually the legal system um who seems to expect and support this stereotype of the man being the oppressor and the woman almost being kind of saint-like and can do no wrong and and almost worse still you know knowing what's what's best for the for the children and i think in in most cases the law does allocate by default men equal rights um, and parental responsibility for their children certainly in the uk i mean I'm sure at some point during this podcast, we will talk about this and interview. Hopefully, I'd like to talk to some people from the States. That's not the case in some US states. But just back to the UK, it usually gives men equal rights and responsibility. But by default, it always gives it to women. Um, And men only get it if they meet certain criteria, which, like I said, most men and fathers do. But my experience, if I had literally had a pound for every time someone said to me, oh, do your kids live with their mum or do you get to see them much or does she let you see them often? And that drives me up the wall. Because um, there's because, this that uh, it's the woman that has to have primary care. Primary care, the woman yeah. that controls them. Um, and I think I, I know where that comes from, but I think it's fundamentally wrong to just assume that a one parent knows better Absolutely. than the other. And, 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 you know, that, that's a, an element of sexes negatively impacts women and men, but in very different ways. But it's the same issue. And that is that yeah. the woman is always expected to be the one that does the, the parenting and the, the home life. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I realise this is, this is the sort of um, the, exactly the type of discrimination that women have probably battled for years in other areas of life. But in this day and age, I think, you know, when we talk about equality, it really should mean equality for no matter what your gender, your race. And there's still and and I think the problem is that it suits people in the um, the means suits people in divorce to take advantage of these stereotypes. So um, it's a bit like having your cake and eat it. There's equality in certain areas of life but then when it doesn't suit to have that equality we're not going to push for it and I think it needs to be equality all the time fairness all the time and the same expectations need to be placed on everybody men women you know black people white people whatever it is I think it it needs to be the same well I think I think that this podcast has got such a positive foundation for what it stands for just to start with and when you first approached me about starting this podcast I thought it's so fantastic because raising awareness is always the best way of creating effective change that actually lasts so putting yourself on a platform like this and talking about your experience I think is is first of all very brave thing to do and second of all it's fantastic for other people to hear your story so this leads me on to my next question which which is what is it about your experience of divorce and being a father that made you want to share it with others well I think I think firstly, we, we've kind of touched on it already, but it's this social inequality, if not certainly, if not legal in the UK, um, where everybody just automatically assumes that, you know, the husband in a divorce is the one that did the wrong. 
that somehow you know the mother will be the will be the weaker party and and will know best for the children and i think it's these stereotypes that i had to fight against as well as a mother that was determined to be uncooperative and you know obstruct access to our children in order to gain you know a financial and emotional advantage in the legal and the social system uh, that actually seems to reward and support that behavior so the fact again and this is something i'd probably like to talk about in another podcast is the link between the amount of time children spend with each parent is it has a financial implication there's a direct link between time and money which obviously automatically rewards one parent or the other to try and get or withhold access to children in order for financial gain and I, and i think there's there's limit, limitless support for women and mothers out there in these scenarios that kind of advocate and perpetuate this type of behavior um, but but very little really in terms of advocacy for men are victims of this behavior because men are very rarely seen as victims in these scenarios like i said they're always kind of seen as the oppressor so really i wanted to share my experience of all this promote the inequality in parenting and divorce no matter like i said earlier no matter what sex the parent is I think, um, you know, as a father, I always prided myself on being 100% involved in my children's lives since birth. Um, And I think I've probably had to fight very hard. And that's quite wrong that I had to do that to maintain that level of input and involvement in my children's lives through throughout separation and divorce. Um, And it's been a very long, you know, five year plus journey. Um, lots of twists and turns. Um, I've learned an awful lot um, about myself. Um, I've learned an awful lot about trying to get through these scenarios, co-parenting, um, mainly by trial and error. Yeah. Um, but 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 I've also taken a lot of advice from a wide variety of sources, um, and a lot of these are really good. And I actually quote a lot, <clears throat> or I've modified a lot on my on my instagram account um but actually most of these are always written by mothers and women um and so i kind of wanted to share my experience of managing two young children through separation divorce um introducing them to a new partner and moving on with them but but like i said from that dad's perspective but a lot of that will will you know work for women and, and mothers as well and then the, the the final bit really about what it is that i wanted to to share is that um i, I you know i saw have still do still um, seek help from a therapist um, just to talk things through Um, and it wasn't really until about two years ago that I discovered that my ex's behavior was pattern well I'd noticed it was a pattern of behavior it was the same thing you change the scenario the same behavior time and time again and then it matched that behavior of someone with um, narcissistic personality disorder and this was such a turning point in my life it sparked a bit of a journey of self-discovery that gave me a lot of reasoning to what had happened in certainly in my marriage and more noticeably in the divorce and and what has happened over the last five plus years so it's a bit of like a a eureka moment i suppose it it provided you with sort of an explanation for all of the things that you struggled with for for your married life and then your divorced life and and it provided you with a bit of clarity as to as to what it was that was causing all of these things it wasn't just you know your set of circumstances that this would have been in it will be loads of other people that have to deal with people with a narcissistic personality disorder that also have to 
deal with these problems? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think one of the things I've learned is that, um, that you know, narcissism is, uh, as a personality disorder, um, the behaviour, that's what makes it a personality disorder, is the pa- behaviour is patterned and is the same for everybody that suffers from it to, to a certain degree. But yeah. so you can take somebody from the other side of the globe completely different life completely different situation but the behaviors will be the same and and for me it was a like you say it was a it just was a a complete release that suddenly I realized I wasn't going mad and that it gave structure and sense to what was going on And, and all of the dots joined up literally from the moment I met my ex through to now everything made sense you can go back and literally pick apart memorable scenarios and situations from your entire life with a narcissist and yes. you can see the same behavior you can pick out the same things that go on and and it, and it the release was the fact that you you battle against somebody and you can't understand why every time you answer a certain point or you appease a certain demand the demand changes and you know but I've just answered that why are you now demanding this when you weren't a minute ago and it it kind of sends you mad but that's the point of it that's how this and it's emotional abuse and that's how it works and so for me suddenly it released me from hours of sitting writing um very carefully worded emails that try to answer all the potential issues that counter issues that would be raised or trying to not inflame a situation and and hours I have spent of my life writing and rewriting texts and emails or thinking about how conversations will go and I think the thing about narcissism is that like I said earlier I'm, I'm so shocked at how little is understood about the disorder like I said I didn't know what it was until two years ago heard the term banded around kind of had an idea that it was just a bit of someone that was a bit egocentric but it's so much more than that and I think society generally condones this kind of abusive personality type by by the sheer ignorance to it yeah so I wanted to raise awareness to it and I think um, it ties in really well with an overall global trend <clears throat> of mental health awareness absolutely and- and understanding why we work the way we work and how we can equip ourselves to deal with uh, specific mental uh, disorders or mental health issues. And it helps everyone in the situation more to understand what we're not all the same. We all have problems is a really important part of that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the other thing, like I said earlier, I think men in divorce and relationships gone sour are often the ones that are cast as the narcissist. So I think firstly, Statistically speaking, um, I think roughly I've heard that 30% of society are narcissists, of which 80% are men. So, you know, that's A, that's quite a lot of society that are one, and B, that's an awful lot of them that, that are men. But also, because the narcissists first, because they're very convincing, and we again, we'll definitely talk about this uh, in another podcast, but because they're so convincing, their first um, line of defence is to accuse other people, th- their accuser, of being the narcissist. So when you combine that with the the person accusing them of being the narcissist as being the man, who are people going to believe? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, always, it's always the man. And so female narcissists almost are afforded this double layer of cover. And, and you... you I certainly have got to the point where I don't I don't go around telling people and I don't go around with a t-shirt on saying my ex is a is a narcissist because there's no point. 
No. Um, it's more about that internal understanding and acceptance. Um, but, but again, just raising that kind of, I think that the bottom line for me is that it has made a lot of sense for me, um, but I am now free of that narcissist apart from obviously I'm never going to be truly free because we have two children together. So I have to find a way of co-parenting. Again, another podcast uh, I know. Uh, topic, that one. We've, but, we've got, um, this is, we've this got is so what, many already. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. It's it's a really exciting, first of all, it's exciting always to start start a new project. But with something like this that has so many avenues that you can go down with uh, guests or just talking about your own experience, I think it's so fantastic and it will provide so much more uh it will provide a space for people to listen to and talk about um their experiences just like just like you are yeah absolutely i mean uh, i've had because obviously the references i've made on on instagram i've had so many messages from other men and women uh, who've all recognized some of the things i've put because i've tried to show there's lots of narcissism um awareness accounts out there that describe a behavior that say talk about gaslighting or they talk about you know um, the narcissistic rage whereas what I've tried to do is show what it actually looks like for me what it looked like for me yeah where text messages and there's a lot more of that to come I'm, I'm planning on sort of doing a lot more of that to show and people that have contacted me saying my ex does that or, or my, and this is the their moment of realization is happening to see something I've posted and it and and that's how I came to it literally someone just dropped that little drop in the ocean if you like and the ripples totally totally you know rippled out throughout everything I could you know my my experience and suddenly it all made sense um but I think the other thing is like I said co-parenting with a narcissist I'm free of mine but my daughters are not free of her and a lot of people struggle with this is why I don't want to like a lot of people have said to me you need to keep your daughters away from her as much as possible yet fundamentally that's very wrong in my eyes she is their mother and children have a right to I always say experience their their parents equally and fairly and it, it unfortunately it's part of their journey and one of the things I've had to accept is that I can only control and protect them when they are on my time, if you like, with me. Yeah. And it's my job to actually equip them as much as I can for life within that. And part of that life is going to be dealing with these types. So really, I wanted to find a way of, if you like, raising awareness kind of subconsciously in them. Not so they can turn around one day and go, oh, my God, mum, you're a narcissist. But actually, so they just have the tools to deal with her. Secondly, you know, I haven't had her officially diagnosed. All of her behaviour is very patterned and absolutely everything matches. And yeah. since discussing this with a lot of people that know her, that have since been discarded by her, um, they have all noticed the same and I think everybody is kind of in agreement that the, the behavior matches but equally you know it could be wrong she could just be a bit of a dick <laughs> Take it, I don't think it is because it's, it's yeah. a, you could you can I can now predict um, how things will happen from a textbook we can you can I can get a text message and I could get a book out and I could dissect it and show you and I will I am going to do this this is another Instagram post coming when when I have a bit more time to sit in the quiet and do it but it's that pattern and I think that's the one thing that that 
was most striking for me about narcissism um, and I think is the thing that is so little understood is it's a complete pattern disorder of varying levels I mean you do get people that are quite low level and I think you get some very extreme ones but but yeah it's definitely there's there's many podcasts of content talking about that but yeah yeah, ultimately I really want to equip my daughters for the world so they don't end up with a narcissist because I think it is one of the worst personality types you can have in your life and if they're in your life properly then you are supplying them and being used by them and it's miserable and I don't want that for them and if that means that one day they distance themselves from their mother then maybe that's what will happen and again I've had some people contact me um, on Instagram that are children of narcissists and they have walked away from their parents I actually have a friend that Oh, wow. um, you know he has walked away from his mother because he realized what she was I think his wife alerted him to the behavior types and he looked into it and they literally the only way you can truly deal with a narcissist is you have nothing to do with them and unfortunately I don't have that luxury yeah I mean I've I've already got a million questions running my, around my head <laughs> at the moment just I want to know everything that I want to hear an expansion of all of the things that you've talked about but I think just just on the basis that this is the introduction podcast and we're just getting to know what the podcast is about and I'm sure we can go back and revisit what narcissism is in an hour-long special um yeah I think we need to do that (laughs) yeah I'll I'll move on to the next question I really want to know more about narcissism because I feel like even if you're you're not going through divorce and you listen to this podcast or uh, you know you come across this podcast and it's you know it's not relevant to you in any other way that than the the narcissism that is still a really interesting thing to discuss in a in a real in a real life situation totally and that and that side of my account is probably less uh restrict less devoted to dad's parents it, it's more general that that these people exist and, and i certainly do it from from my experience of narcissism in in separation and also parenting but yeah that that is very relevant to lots of people and, and that's why I do want to educate generally um, and raise awareness of it. And as a man that has suffered at, at the hands of a female narcissist, it kind of gives it another dynamic. Because like I said, I, I reckon 95% of the accounts on Instagram are talking about men. Yeah. What about What is it about your experience in the last five, five plus years of your divorce and your separation from your ex that's changed your perspective on of the world and of yourself? Um, well, I think... Firstly, I've learned, you know, as a white male, I've learned what it's like to suffer discrimination and to find out what it's like battling against a biased system, um, a, a sort of biased legal system. But I think the social system is harder to battle against, especially as a, as a father. I think I've learned a lot, a lot about myself, um, weaknesses and strengths, certainly. I feel like I've faced incredible adversity at some times uh, and still do. One thing I really have learned, and I would say this to a lot of dads out there, and or parents actually in general going through this, is to trust the bond you have, or trust the bond I have with my daughters, no matter what is done to try and break that. And a lot has been done over, over the last five, six years to undermine it, to break it, to weaken it. And the amount of like I said, trust in that bond and confidence in the love that my daughter and I have for each other has certainly 
I've, I've had to have that confidence and it's taken me a long way uh, in accepting. And I now see how, even in my ex, and it's slightly different because of the narcissism aspect, but I still see how threatened she is sometimes by the bond I have with them. Whereas I've never been threatened. Well, I said it's not true. I probably have been threatened by the bond she has with them. But but I've learned to, that it's there is no there is an inequality in that bond, yeah. um, and that the children love us both. And just because they are loving her at a certain moment doesn't mean they're not loving me. Um, and so that's that's a massive thing that I think people need to take away is to just trust in that bond you have and l- let them love the other parent and be with the other parent freely. Um, again, I think another podcast um, topic mm-hmm. is is communicating with your kids when when they're not with you because that's that comes hand in hand with that trusting of the bond. Is you don't need to be constantly messaging, speaking, facetiming in your children's lives for them to love you. And know that you love them. I think it's also helped me learn to trust other people. You know, despite being married to one of the most toxic personality types there are, I've I've learned to love again. And I I talk about you know um, my new partner, fiance, in the in the Instagram. I think you know, despite all of this adversity, and kind of, I think I think I could possibly be forgiven for having complete distrust in relationships generally, um, not wanting to move on in life and saying, I'll never want to, you know, have another relationship again. And I have, you know, divorced friends that have said that I'm not getting married again, or I, I'm just going to go on Tinder for one night stands from now on. And I've never felt like that. And, you know, and it has brought me to a point where I have, you know, truly, you know, found my soulmates. And that has added another, a whole nother angle to when we look, when I look back retrospectively at my life, certainly the marriage I had, what has happened is I realise how toxic and poisonous that was, an unhealthy general relationship, because it gives me the complete flip side almost as a, as a comparison it certainly reset my default and where my expectations are and and actually do you know what I'm on a relationship learning journey now because I lived in a an unhealthy controlling relationship you're where it's very parent child I've realized that this is one of the first adult relationships I've had because although you know I'm 38 I was not an adult in that marriage I wasn't allowed to be and I started off as an adult and slowly became a child and and say yeah I am still learning now uh, it's still a a relationship learning journey that I'm on as well as well as the sort of you know bringing two children two daughters that are are fast approaching teenage years oh that's scary how quickly they're growing up (laughs) (laughs) very much so (laughs) Yeah, and I, and I think it's it's so wonderful that you found true happiness in a relationship and true love as well, because... I think one of the most ridiculous things I look back now, I was, again, we're just talking about social stereotyping, is that society backs up this notion that marriages is, once you get beyond five, ten years out of that honeymoon period, that marriages are miserable that you stop having sex and, and you don't you don't get on and you nag each other. You look at all of the comedies and all of the films you've mm-hmm. seen and how marriage is portrayed. But generally the kind of the stereotype is that you go through these turbulent years, you don't get on. Usually the man has an affair or the woman does because the man's working too hard. 
and it leads you to believe that that's social, that's what it's like. That's your that's how your expectation is set. Of and love so, and yeah, of, of love and relationships. And so it feeds into keeping you in those relationships. So almost society shoots you in the foot because I was in that relationship, miserable, and I was one of those guys that had literally decided that I've just now got to stay in this until the kids get to eighteen because that's what society says you do. And then you can be, then you can be then you can leave because they're adults so they can go their own way. But I decided that the absolute um, shit storm that would follow separation was better than staying in that relationship. Yeah. And that's kind of that is you know one thing I really wish people would take away is that there's so much more to life than that, and that is not what life should be like. And society should not be condoning that and advocating that the relationship model and what relationship model is that for children oh i mean absolutely sort of you're entering the period of life that possibly i've just exited and i think it's interesting to see what your expectation is because mine was the same when i was your age Uh, and and then seeing how that you know diminished and now where i am again it's like i'm back reset back to where you are now yeah <laughs> you know, and that and that and i think that's it's interesting that you know i don't that again the, the that this point about relationship expectations is the one thing i want it, the, the girls to to go into life is is that my expectation is that we love and respect each other and we are still in love and you do you are tactile with each other and you, and you do kiss each other goodnight and, and when you come in the door. And that's the, the, the example that we're trying to show to yeah. the girls is that this is what a respectful, loving, loving relationship is. And this is what you should be expecting from your relationships in life. And absolutely not the example that I was setting before, which yeah. was being shouted at. Yeah, that that sort of downtrodden, miserable husband that could never do anything right. Husband does wrong. Woman shouts. Husband says, "Sorry, I'll try harder." Which, which is what it was like. And yeah. and I, that's just ridiculous. I, a, I don't want my daughters growing up thinking that's what they do to men, and I don't want them that to be that expectation. There's that post on my Instagram that that says that their father is the standard by which they will judge all men in their lives um it doesn't really have to be men i mean you know not but it's just that 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 their expectation of their partner it's what is that what and you are the first person they see as that person you know in in example terms well i mean in terms of being a child the first relationship that you ever see in your life is the relationship of your parents so absolutely Therefore, it's the first example of love and uh, affection that you'll see or abuse and misery in some cases. So I think, you know, separating yourself, realising that the situation is worse to stay in it than to leave it. That's a very strong and brave thing to do. But yeah. Uh, the realisation that that's better is uh, is a great thing. Yeah. And I think I, I wanted to set the example to them that if if that's how you treat someone in a relationship, the net result will be they will leave. They will not stand for it. And vice versa, that if that's how you are treated, that you don't put up with it and you do leave. And so ironically, the painful and traumatic as it has been as a process for them, it is uh, probably not, I hope, but if nothing else, it's going to be one of the strongest examples, relationship examples for them. 
in terms of that you can leave and you can be all right and you will get through it and say so, yeah if, if I've never set a better example for them then then this is it oh that that's a really positive uh thing to take away from something like this as well and I, I think that's so fantastic hey, you you've got to find them where you can yeah oh so for, for the sake of the listeners of this podcast so what can the listeners of the Dadvocate podcast expect from episodes to come well I mean I've always liked the idea of, of expanding it beyond my own experience so um there's quite a few people that have already contacted me uh, on Instagram um, that have seen my stuff. They have their own stories to tell. Some of it dovetails quite nicely with mine, and some of it is actually completely different. Uh, there's some some stepmums um, that have contacted me. So I think I'd quite like to roll on maybe having a weekly topic or having a guest that we interview about their experience in the same way that we've done this. Um, so a bit of other people's experience, maybe having some people to chat about some other topics. I'd certainly like to explore different parts of the narcissism thing, the legal system, everything co-parenting. I'd, I'd kind of like to get not just dad's experience. So I would like to you know, have some mums and stuff, certainly some stepmums. And so, yeah, it's it's certainly a varied podcast, but all, you know, around that umbrella of trying to advocate the dad. That's it for this episode of the Dadvocate podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you found it interesting and helpful. If you did, it would mean a lot to me if you would please hit the subscribe button and take a moment to leave a comment. You can find out more about my experience along with some thoughts and dad jokes on my website, dadvocate.co.uk and also on my Instagram, Twitter and YouTube accounts at Dadvocate UK. Please feel free to comment and share your story. I would love to hear it. And if you would like to be involved, please drop me a line. Until next time, please take care.